Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Just a menace, menace of sobriety. Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety with your host with the most, I don't mean to boast, but my name is Daniel O'Reilly, aka Dapper Laughs, Fridge Freezer, Lemon Squeezer, Ebenezer, Doja Pleaser, a MasterCard Visa, a bit of an all-round crowd pleaser, some people say a lady pleaser and a proper naughty geezer, but not too naughty anymore because the man is sober. That's right, about 120 sank days, feeling fresh. Looking sexy, uh, those are the words of the missus, the wife, <laughs> if you're listening out there. I'm joking, she never does, she couldn't give a shit because you know, she is it all at home. But listen, I'm firing on all cylinders, as you can tell I've had a coffee and I'm feeling emotionally charged and vibrant and excited for today. Now, I know I'm streaming now probably into you at work, at home, if you're watching on the telly. Hello, thank you for letting me in your house uh, and for letting me come in your ears, come into your... Shit, man, sorry. But uh, I'm very happy today. I'm just feeling the energy. And I want to say thank you to everyone that's tuned in. Uh, I've got a very cool, exciting guest today, someone that I follow on Instagram, because normally it's you guys following me, but I follow this guy on Instagram. He's inspired me. Um, and when I went on my, started going on my journey, he was one of the accounts that kept me motivated. And, uh, I thought, you know what, get him in. Let's have a chat. Welcome to Menace to Sobriety, William Armstrong. Thank you so I mean, much. I'm really strong. <laughs> you got it. And you have got a strong arm. Look at that fucking hell. Mate, I didn't know you. I was I was helping you. Yes, mate. Yeah, really? I've been too, Yes, yeah. I like the. I like your 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 aesthetically your your page and your post. It draws me in, and um, a lot of the stuff you say and that. Listen, it's it's what we do. You'll know you'll know this firsthand when you when you um, when you go on a certain journey. Um, you get drawn to people that are, that are on a similar journey. It helps you, doesn't it? Hundred percent, man. And I think uh, you know. Because my what I try to do a lot of the time, I'm just talking to the camera. You know, it's actually yeah. quite nice speaking yeah. to another person now. Yeah. But usually, I just talk to the camera so that when when I am on social media, if someone sees me, it's kind of I want to be speaking directly to that person. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I've got so many friends that say that they actually stop following me because every day they, every weekend they wake up on a Saturday hungover, and yeah. it's just me kind of staring at you, being like, "Stop drinking." Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, no, that's that's really nice to hear that. that uh, yeah, man, and um. You, man. And uh, as you said, you've 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 been following my journey on socials as well. Um, and we had quite a candid conversation before uh, because somebody messed up the time slots. I'm not saying nothing, but <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so we were out waiting outside, which I hate doing. Uh, look, there he is. Go and put the camera back on you. Yeah. He's all, there. He is. Uh, he's also got a new haircut. Got a shit haircut. <laughs> no, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> what do they call it? The cock block. No, I'm joking. <laughs> they <laughs> no, call it the intel. It's the intel. No, that's uh, that's our guy over there, uh, John. And um, we were sat, me, you and John were sat in in Starbucks and we had a little chat. And um, oh, I hate meeting the guests before the podcast because we stopped. All I wanted to talk about was, was yeah, 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 getting into you know, it. The yeah. reason you got me here is because we have something in common. And I find that, that mm. you may be at this point now where because you've stopped drinking, all those people that you used to relate to Suddenly, you've got a whole new world that's opened up, and yeah. and when you know, for me now, I can sense it on people. You know, if I meet someone mm. within two minutes of talking, I can kind of look at them and go, I, I can see that you've been through something and yeah. you're on the other side. Yeah, in a way, and I can see the positivity that's kind of coming out. And like you said before, you know, the things just start to happen around you, like the positive yeah. things, and it's because of what you're doing. It's just the day to day 
Yeah, routine. I, I feel I, I said that to you, didn't I? Like I've got a really, really important meeting after this um, and uh, a great meeting. And it's blown me away, really, how it's come about. And I, 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 I do feel like the universe has given me give the because I'm giving myself sobriety. The universe has given me stuff. I know that sounds silly, but Sorry. but enough about me, man. I don't like <laughs> talking about me too much. Do you know, I know all about me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a geezer, but let's learn about you. So first off, um, let's start by... Telling me your sort of journey, uh, how, how, you know, I want to get an idea and I want the listeners out there to get an idea of the level that you were at in regards to your drinking, your partying, your drug use, if you were using drugs, how sort of severe that got, the reasons why you changed and take me, start me off from the beginning. All right, let's do the beginning. So funnily enough, when I, like when you start drinking, you don't look any different to everyone else, right? So I start when I was 13, 14. Everyone's just getting drunk. Everyone's binging. Yeah. It's just normal. You just yeah. fit in with the crowd, right? And then when I was about 15, I started to get super anxious, which, again, you think you're a teenager. You know, you're anxious. You're kind of, you overthink things, and you think that's just, that's just normal. But for me, it was, it was so much more than that. It was, it was every day, every second, I was, I was scared of, of social situations, of, of people, of, ca like, catastrophizing what could go wrong. Yeah. And for me, it was at the same time when we start binging. And when you binge, you know, just drinking, just drinking at this point, you binge, you black out, you're not worried. Yeah. You know, I wasn't thinking about what might happen next week. I was just in the moment, loving life, partying. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of, you know, because alcohol is, it's, it's legal. It's yeah. encouraged. It was, yeah, yeah. it was okay. It wasn't like you're doing a bad thing. Yeah. You're doing what might Don't drink too much, but there's no major downside. That's, yeah. yeah. And this is, you know, it's one thing I talk about a lot is when people talk about, you know, what a problem is. If you're... If it's normal to binge the excess where you black out, don't remember what you've done, and that's normal, where is the, where's the problem? How can mm. you, like, there's no, there's no line. Anyway, so I, I remember having this anxiety, but I didn't really know how to verbalize it. I didn't know what was going on. You're a kid. Yeah. And I went to university because my family did, and they said, you know, it seems like the, the right thing to do. But I just got even more anxious. And the more I got anxious, the more I relied on alcohol to remove the anxiety. But it would always come back the next day twice as hard and when it does you drink twice as you hard you drink twice as hard right and then I left university I, f I failed I was like I, I just couldn't attend anything I, it, I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't even know who I was at that time mm. anyway so then I left and I thought I don't know what I'm going to do maybe I'll just get a job I got a job as a waiter in this like like uh, like countryside pub restaurant place and it was strange that for someone with social anxiety to be in a room full of people I felt incredibly calm because I had control over that social setting. Mm. Even just as simple as someone sitting down and I'm stood up, I can control the situation. I can remove myself when I want mm. to. So I found that working in hospitality, I felt more comfortable mm. than being at home by myself. I would have panic attacks hundreds of times a day. Really? Just at home. It was, it was so consuming wow. mentally. Yeah. So alcohol was my, it was my tool. There was nothing else that helped, just alcohol. And then I thought, you know, if I'm going to do hospitality, I've got to, I've got to come to London. So I, I ended up moving down, worked at some very, very famous and, and very high-end places where the guests we would have in were like, you know, A-list Hollywood stars and even presidents. And Give us some names of the stars, can you? Uh, if you give a name, I can say yes or no. All right. All right. <clears throat> Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's on the pod next week, isn't he? Where was you working at? The BBC? No, I'm joking. Um... I don't know, like, <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, your career is over. No, um, I don't know, like, who, like, like actors, famous actors, actors, rock stars, rappers. All right, okay. Well, let's not go into details. Yeah. But, all right. But so it's, it's it's this kind of clientele where 
you think that's the dream, right? You want to be, you want to be yeah. famous. You want to be rich. This was yeah. what I was living in for so many years in London. Obviously, through, even through my drinking and whatnot, I still managed to kind of progress. Yeah. And for me, especially in a city like this and a, a culture like we have, where you value yourself on work so much, yeah. If your work's fine. How can there be a problem? Yeah, if you're doing well in yeah. your job, um, but you know, you're know you a bit fucked on the outside, don't matter, you're doing well at your yeah. job. Like so yeah. many people I, I know in the city still, and it's like, they'll just go to the extreme with Coke, with, with alcohol, but as long as they get to work and they make matter. it through the day and they make money, that's it, you've sorted it. Yeah, and that's so true. And that was so my true. mentality. And yeah. I was like, I, you know, how is it that you have a problem? And basically I was, you know, towards the, the final years, before I go into that, when I moved to London, I, I never saw myself as a drug user. I don't, you know, class A drugs, that's, it was scary. I was, mm. I, I came from the countryside, like completely removed from mm. this. I didn't see that stuff. I think I took a bit of speed as a teenager. You must have had ketamine if you was in the countryside. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like, yeah. there was like MCAT and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but like cocaine, like, cocaine seemed a lot harder, a lot more of a city yeah. drug. Yeah. And I remember one of my mates actually when we were teenagers bought some and I remember thinking, I didn't realize you're a, you're a, you're a drug addict. Like it was like this thing yeah. in my head. And then we came to London and I was at a party and suddenly someone got out a DVD case, loads of white powder on it. And I would like, my heart was racing. I was like, I can't do this. this that's, that's not me. I'm, you know, I think of myself as being like a really, I was a good kid and I'm like, yeah. that's big. And then they basically, I got the pressure and I thought, yeah, go on, let me try it. I tried it and it was unbelievable. Mm. I was like, this is amazing. This is, this is basically a better tool than alcohol because now I'm, I'm comfortable in these situations to speak to people and, and that anxiety was kind of gone. I felt like the person that I'd been trying to be, but there was this barrier between it. And cocaine broke it. Cocaine broke it. And I was like, why was I scared of this? This is incredible. And because so I've- dangerous, that thing. Oh, yeah. Because that's, I now see it as a positive. Mm. Cocaine was a positive. It, it made my life better. So suddenly I was like, everyone's doing it. It became as casual as drinking. You know, mm. you go to the pub and everyone just passes you a packet. It's like, yeah, yeah. You can have a cigarette. It was, it was so Yeah, casual. you can meet up on a Wednesday night and you're having a beer and go, do you, do you fancy getting one? Yeah. yeah. We'll get one, yeah. And the thing is, you'd, you'd, you know, by the end, I was getting to the point where I wanted to do cocaine more than anything else, but I had to justify it. So I'd be like, I'd get home and I'm like, let's go to the pub. No one wants to go. I'm messaging people just so I don't have to like do it alone. You know, you'd have yeah. a drink just to justify doing it. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it, it just, yeah. As you can imagine, it got out of control because I was doing it three times a week for seven years. Wow, three times a week. I mean, that yeah, that's intense. And, and for me, now looking at that three times a week, I'm not even looking at the, the times when you're using it. I'm looking at the times when you're not, how yeah. hard them times are. Yeah, when you're on it. It's, yeah, yeah because for me, uh, for me, I was... I don't know. I don't. I, I, I always struggle now looking back, trying to... You know, I could go weeks without it. Um, but some weeks, if there was two events on with certain people, it would come out into play. And but it take me up in, in my latter years. It take me a week to recover from it. So yeah. it was it was almost like I was drinking or high or hungover. That's it. Yeah. But if you're doing it three times a week, I mean you are operating at I had fucking, no respite. You are operating at a, a real low level of serotonin, a low level of happiness, and 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 just as that anxiety is coming in, you're just bang back on it. It's fucking that's heavy. That is. And the thing is, when I started it, I don't know if you were the same, but I couldn't stop. Oh, once, like, well, once, yeah, they're like Pringles, aren't they? Once you pop, you're, you're <laughs> you off ski. Can't stop. But yeah. the thing is, I would, I would start, and I'd, I'd always tell myself that day, just, just have two drinks, just do one line, and then call it a night. And even though mm. I knew in my mind, mm. I'm like, I know it's not going to be like that. Yeah, the problem, the problem with that is, and this is something that I've definitely learned, is um, you, can, you, can, you can say to yourself, I'm just going out for one or two pints, but you've got to make that decision that you're only having one or two pints or, and one line 
after one or two pints on one yeah, line. Yeah. And after after I've had two pints, you could say to me, look, do you want to go to a strip bar? And I'll be like, fucking let's go. <laughs> Even though I know I'm definitely not allowed to go. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. that would only take two pints. If, if After four pints, mate, I'm stripping. <laughs> but no, I, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah but I mean, this is the thing. I spent all day having this kind of mental argument with myself and it was so draining. Because I would, I would think all day, okay. Just, and then afterwards, why am I doing it? And yeah. as soon as you have that beer, you go, what the hell? What was I thinking about? Yeah, this, is, this is life. This it, is what we're here for. This is, and the thing is, when I drank, I was never, I was never sad. I was never violent. I was, mm. never, I was never down. I, was, I just wanted to have the most fun. Mm. And when someone's doing that, how can you tell that they're the one with the problem? If every time you see them on a night out, they're the ones happy. And it made me so realize, true. every time you go out and you go, oh, they, that, that mate, he can't have a problem. He's he's the funniest one. He's, he's a life and one. soul. He's the life and soul. And if ever anyone says I'm the I'm the last man standing or that's the guy and I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's the one who's really struggling then." Yeah, that's, that's the guy who's having like a really tough time because what happens on that night and that person you see is not the person you see the next day who's curled up on the couch literally just like you said you were saying before like so many times I'd be lying there just crying. Yeah, oh man, I had to, and it's not until you're sober that you look back and uh, I mean it's it's difficult to talk about for me because it's it, it's it's not even embarrassment. It's like I look at my I look at myself and I feel sorry for myself. Yeah. I do. I look back at myself and I think, you know, because even if one one out of one out of five drinking sessions, one out of five drinking sessions got well out of hand and there were some problems associated with it or whatever, and the next day, like I said to you, I've, I've been in situations where I've flown back early from holiday or everyone has flown back. Like I've been on stag do's before where they've all flown back and I've gone, just go, lads. I've, I'm keeping this place for another two days. Mm. Like I couldn't comprehend getting the, the, the party stopping or, or finding myself in the early hours of the morning many times crying. Like it's like I said to you, crying my eyes out because I'm just, the come downs come in and I'm just like, why have I done this again? And, um, like we said outside, the crazy thing is you get over to come down, you shake it off for a day. Like you said, you go to the gym or sank and then you're like, fucking hell, what a yeah. Let's get back down to fucking pub. you just mad. It's crazy how quickly you forget it. And I remember there was one specific occasion, which, you know, a lot of people always say, you know, what was your craziest night or what did you do that was, that was, mm. and it's crazy that this didn't even break me. This, I didn't even realize at this point, but I remember I, I'd, I'd booked a holiday, just a week off and me and a friend, we were like, let's just have a week off working. And we, I finished at midnight. I remember I finished at midnight at work. I called him. We both worked in restaurants. We went to a restaurant, wait for everyone to leave, locked the doors, mm. got the trays out, covered with them with cocaine, champagne out the fridges, music on. In the club. Him, in, in the restaurant, empty restaurant. We just sat at the tables. And we started. And three days later, I was lying in a hotel room in Paris in the dark. Haven't slept in three days. I'm crying and I can't move my mouth because it's so chewed up from MDMA, ecstasy, cocaine, everything. I don't even know how I got to Paris, really. Like, so blackout. And I just couldn't stop. Mm. You know, there was sometimes I remember, I see people now and, or talk about it, and they go, yeah, we used to buy a gram or two grams. I used to buy 12. Wow. Like, that was my order. My, my dealers, I was the fucking best customer. That's mad. I, don't... I get calls, like, on every Friday, all of them calling me, do you want, and I'm just like, yes to all. It's, it was crazy. I was, I was that guy. Wow. That's, I saw one picture on your Instagram of you in Vegas. Talk me through that. Yeah, that that's, was... That's a sad-looking picture, man. That was interesting. That was... Uh, oh, God, how old was I? 24, 23, 24. Never thought I want to go to Vegas. I'm not really into gambling. You know, it's, it's always seemed like a bit not my kind of scene, but there's a few guys going out. We went there, and um, that, was, that was the first night. 
we landed and everyone was like, don't go crazy because we'll be fucked for the rest of the holiday. Can I swear on this, by the way? Oh, it's fucking on Dapper Laughs. <laughs> on Dapper Laughs, you twat. You can punch, you can punch think, the geeks over there if you want. Never trust anyone that doesn't swear. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we landed, and I remember we went and bought the Sky Vodka bottles, two litres, two of them. And we go to the hotel room, and I am just, I think I almost finished a bottle. I just couldn't stop. Just vodka, vodka, vodka. Oh, man. I remember Straight. we're in a club, and I had, I think I must have had, I don't know why I remember this. Someone might have told me 13 double vodkas and Coke in the club then. Like, it was just as much as I could get in my body. And at the front of this club, there was a staircase. And it was, instead of a stage, it was like a staircase. And I was at the top. And I was so drunk. And I remember trying to move, chatting to someone. My foot slipped. And you know when you run and you can't, you can't catch yourself? Yeah, you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. I ran and took out, like, two girls stood there, just completely, you know, I, I would, I'm about twice their size. Yeah. I slammed them down. And I remember all these girls hitting me and being like, what are you doing? And cause like such a scene and I'm just there going, I don't, I, I, I haven't, I, like, I always think of myself as a good person. But you, you weren't. I was doing things which a fucking bellend would be doing. Oh, wow. And you're like, it's still, you know, anyway, so that night carried on. I then ended up in a hotel completely by myself, didn't know where my friends had gone. And I had these two girls come up to me, you know, really complimenting me like, oh my God, you're so pretty. You know, can we go back to your room? Again, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like out of my mind. I go, I, I, I take them to my room. Next thing I know is I wake up. They've wake up in the morning. Job. And I'm like, oh man, what time is it? Oh, where's my watch? Oh, let me check. Oh, where's my phone? I'm looking around. Everything's gone. And basically they were, they were, they were hookers that like they prey on drunk guys, take me back. I pass out. They take everything. Oh, and the fact like you think that that happens, like the danger you're in when you get to that state. Yeah. I'm so surprised I'm even here talking to you, to be honest, because so many times I was in situations yeah. where I shouldn't be here. I said that, I said, I had a conversation with my wife yesterday where I said, I went into London yesterday. I can't remember, I can't, I can't remember why. That's weird, isn't it? I can't even remember what I was doing yesterday. <laughs> it's so much shit going on. But I, I was in London yesterday um, and, um, oh yeah, I went to meet Kirk. I went to meet Kirk Norcross. And, the first episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to meet Kirk in, uh, in, in uh, the Hippodrome Casino because uh, we're potentially doing something in there and he knows the geezer that more or less owns it. And um, oh my God, I was so triggered. I was walking because Leicester Square was my yeah, thing, yeah. man. It was like, I'd go into London, I'd have my meetings in Soho or whatever and then fucking it was party time. For me, it was casino, drinking and everything else that goes with drink. Um, you know, a little bit of and all that jazz and it, oh I just felt dirty being in London central London I just yeah. I just felt it I know, know what you mean but also with the casinos with gambling it gives you the same yeah yeah same I, pitch, oh, I used you know? to do it all you know I used to have once once every couple of months I'd just have a full blowout you know casino and everything and uh, I just felt it in there I could feel this nervous energy and when I come out and I was heading back it was dark and I was wandering, wandering around like going down onto the tube and that and I was a little bit nervous I don't know why I think I just had anxiety anyway and I couldn't and I said to my wife when I got back I said I said I, I don't know how I managed to survive going up there like three nights a week three not two three nights a week getting absolutely fucking smashed wandering around till like two three o'clock in the morning like after you've lost your mates that in central London in the dark wearing a nice watch and all that I'm like for for years I don't know how I got through that but the thing is you do these things you know the amount of times I just get into a random guy's car he drive me wherever he wants to as long as I can buy the coke yeah and like now I, I you know I I, I Went to see my brother in Finsbury Park yesterday and just walking around, I was like on edge being like, am yeah. I going to be all right? But I would go to the, the most scary, dangerous places with zero fear because mm. my desire for drugs was so much higher 
than my own personal safety. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, Which, it's crazy how it kind of changes your mind in that way. And and yeah, thinking about it now, it's it's you. There's just such a disregard for your own safety. Yeah, you know, even the fact that you're taking something, you don't even know what's in it. No, yeah, let's not even get into that. That's what makes me laugh. Half of my mates going, I'd never get the fucking jab, but <laughs> they're fucking they're, they're sniff bugle off a off a Weatherspoon's toilet seat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That they've just bought, they've just bought off God knows who, but they won't get the jab. I love that. But uh, anyway, let's not get into it. Actually, this might get blocked for saying that. I didn't. I just said jab, didn't I? I'm talking about <laughs> boxing. I'm talking about boxing. But um, right, that's the darkness. Let's move on from the darkness into the light. So talk me through. Um, talk me through because you're actually like a sober coach, aren't you? Yeah. But before we get to that, yes. Talk me into how did you make the transition? So. I think for the final two years of doing this lifestyle, there was a voice definitely in my head that was saying, you know, you're in trouble. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, you'd be there at two in the morning over the toilet. We're not going to get dark again, but mm. convulsing, throwing up while your left hand has a plateful still. And between throwing up, you do another one. It's Throw up, it's, do another one. It's fucking it's insanity. Tuesday. It's It's <laughs> yeah. 2 a.m. My flatmate is in the room trying to sleep and all he can hear is me snorting and convulsing. Like, he must be thinking, fuck that. How can you, how can I be doing that and still not? be aware of going, yeah, this is a problem. So basically, I got to the point where I had, I had a weekend booked away to the Lake District, like super relaxing, climb some mountains, do some outdoor mm. wholesome stuff. And I remember I was working the night before and I thought I'd celebrate, celebrate I had a shot of tequila. Next thing I know, it's 1 p.m. I'm in Oxford Street in someone's flat, two guys with me, barely know them, barely like them. What am I doing? I've got a train in two hours. Oh, God. Fuck and I, I, I panicked. And he said, I'll tell you, let's take it all. Let's go back to yours. Carry on. We'll take it, you know, take it on the, tube, on, the, on the tube and then the train. And I'm like, this guy's not even coming with me. My two mates are going to be meeting me. Probably got up early. Probably went to the fresh, gym. Fresh. fresh. And, you're, uh, and you're with these fucking strangers. I'm worried about sniffing. white tuxedo at 1 p.m. And I haven't, been, I haven't been home yet. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Oh, my God. I can anyway, just relate to that so much. We had, this, we had this weekend away. We still drank. We went to pubs and did hikes and stuff. But you got home and you got changed. You got your shit. I got home, showered, changed, didn't sleep, straight to, the, straight to the train station. And one of my mates could tell. Saw me straight away and said, listen, you need to sort your life out. And no one had ever said that to me before. You know, I, live in, I, I was living in this world of indulgence. Mm. You drink as much as you can. You know, everyone's doing it. These... These famous people, these wealthy people, these successful people are doing it. How can it be a negative? So you're kind of encouraged to, and, and he said that to me in my ego. I was just like... Go on, carry on. Don't worry about it. I was just like, don't... How dare you tell me what to do? Like, I was so inflated with it. And mm. anyway, we had this weekend away. But just to go back to that, sorry. Did he... Did, uh, you got to the train station and he said it to you there, did he? He saw me. I was bright red, puffy, eyes screwed. Blood, I couldn't stop yeah. twitching and... Like, still high, obviously. Oh, yeah. Out of my mind. And he just said... And we got on the train, they bought some beers, handed me a beer, and I'm like, no, and I just curled up on the train, just like shaking, trying to sleep, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. Anyway, so we went to the Lake District, we planned a day to climb this mountain, <clears throat> and I've always had a bit of a fear of heights, but I kind of, I challenged myself, I'm like, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going I'm to do this, and I'm going up this mountain, them two, straight ahead of me, and I'm climbing up, and I remember just being like so overwhelmed with fear, and I'm screaming out loud to myself, first time I'm kind of talking out loud to myself, and I'm going, come on, you can do this do it and I'm screaming, I'm pushing, I get to the top and there's a little old woman eating sandwiches. And I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? Like oh, in my head, yeah. I'm like, what, like, I've just got into this comfort zone where everything, I've never challenged myself. I don't, I don't, I don't push myself to, to see what I am capable of. And mm, you know, when I saw her there, I was just like, what are you doing? And I remember sat there and, and I kind of looked out and thought, 
yeah, I need to do something. Like, I, I, I didn't think I was going to stop. I just thought, let me take a break. Just mm. a week. Just one week. Like, for, a week for me was massive. Mm. And on the train back, I was there. Like, we still drank that weekend. But I was on the train. I went, you know, I'm going to do smoking as well. Because I used to smoke 20, 40 a day. Mm. Especially when you were high, it was just nonstop. And I was on the way to London. And I remember thinking, I'm going to take this really seriously. I'm going to take it really seriously. I'm going to do a week and see what happens. Two days later, I tried to go to the pub. Mm. I, I said to a colleague of mine, should we go for a beer? And he said, you're not drinking though. And I said, ah, it's fine. I was, I was just messing about. Like, oh. What I'd been through, like such a, a pivotal moment. And then two days later, yes, and it was crazy. Mm. So anyway, I went, no, do you know what? He didn't go with me. And I thank him so much that he didn't. Because if he had said yes, I wouldn't be sat here right now. Wow. 100%. So there's so many people along the way, like the guy that told me in the, in the train station, the guy that said no. And I thought, yeah, let me do the week. I'm going to finish the week out, see how I feel. And I felt unbelievable. Mm. Like this fog mm. cleared and like but that's serotonin. Like, that must have been like 2% of recovery. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I, felt, I, I just felt like I was waking up. I wasn't, I wasn't still awake at 10 a.m. twitching. I was waking up and I felt energy i felt positivity mm. i felt kind of like an adrenaline rush of excitement mm. and i was like what this is just normal mm. this is just how you should normally feel so i said okay i'll do two weeks so i did i did two weeks and i was like you know the idea that we do alcohol and drugs it's actually a, a, an act of self-love we're just trying to make ourselves feel better mm. everything we do is to feel better the idea that i'm here on this podcast the idea that you set it up it's all because we want to feel better in some yeah, way it is so even the abuse we used to put ourselves through is still an act of self-love. Mm. It's trying to feel better. But the thing is, you feel better immediately, but for a short time, and it comes with a whole lot worse after it. Mm. Whereas I found if you do something that might be uncomfortable, mm. you might push yourself, you're going to have much more fulfillment and a better feeling. Yeah, it's, it's like the opposite way around. Yeah, it's the opposite way around. And this is why, for me, like, I, I know I'm never going to drink again mm. because it's not an option. Logically, it's not an option because I know what's going to happen. For me, the bigger challenge I face now is how do you control that overthinking mind, that overactive mm. worrying or anxiety? And, and Without drink and drugs. Without drinking, without that tool, it's like an instant mm. fix. So for me, it came down to exercise, mm. ice baths, um, mm. hiking, getting out in nature, journaling, meditation, all these different things that, that basically bring you back to the present moment and calm you down. Mm. Because that's what I used to do. I, I would drink to slow down those incessant mm. thoughts. But anyway, so I did the two weeks and I got invited on a date, which was my weak point. And I, I turned up. I didn't know how to say it. I didn't, I didn't tell her before. We just turned up at the bar and I said, uh, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to drink tonight. And she said, yes, you fucking are. Oh. And I was like, please, please don't make. I didn't know how to communicate what I was doing. I just said, please don't make me drink. I've just done two weeks. I feel unbelievable. And she said, I'll tell you what, you can drink tonight and stop again tomorrow. Oh, fucking uh, <laughs> women, man. Don't even get me started. Go on. <laughs> and I said, uh, for, in that point, I didn't, I, I didn't have any defenses. I didn't have any techniques. You I, were too weak. I was, I was, still I was so weak. vulnerable. And, I went, and, and, and you're looking for excuses still. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of logical, though. I went, yeah, I can just stop tomorrow. Yeah. And I drank. And it was the first time I sat there and was consciously aware of what this do was doing in my body. Yeah. We're there talking. You and I'm can going, feel it coming. Oh, I can feel it. And I, I felt it go up my neck into my head. And I'm like, holy shit, I've never had this yeah, awareness you, cause, of it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt no, you. No, no, no. I always get really excited. But that's because you've never drunk sober. 
in yes. so long. Yes. Yeah. Where you have that, you know, I, I, I'd never taken a gap since I was... Yeah, I was the same. 14. Yeah. And I went back for this one night and it was a great night. We had a lot of fun and I woke up in the morning. I went for breakfast and I remember sitting there feeling like shit again. Mm. And I just remember I, I finally had this consciousness come forward. Yeah, and I, I had a I conversation. Don't, I don't like with, it anymore. Yeah, yeah, a conversation with myself where I went, you're not doing this again. Mm. And I was there going, what? You're, you're never, ever doing this again. doesn't matter who. doesn't yeah. matter if you've got a family member or someone at the end of their life saying, I just want you to have, like, doesn't matter. Yeah. My top priority now is not drinking. Yeah. And when I decided that, everything became so easy. Yeah. Because that... I was like, oh, do you want to go out for drinks tonight? Do you want to do this? I don't drink. I'm like, well, no, I don't drink. That's the top thing. Yeah. If that's my top thing, nothing matters. Yeah, just to, just to jump in there, I've got a, a very, very, very similar thing happened to me, but on a, on a longer scale. I went sober for the six months, then I came back for Christmas, my wedding, my stag, my stag doing all that. Mm. I thought, I thought, oh, do you know what? I've, I've proved that I don't have to drink, and uh, I've said this many times, so the podcast will probably be bored of it. But when I come back, I, I just said to myself, you know, I can, yeah, I can, I can just drink on special occasions, and definitely no drugs, and no fucking massive drinking sessions, mm. and that changed really quickly. And and suddenly I was back in the mix of it, and I just thought to myself, well, as soon as I'm back in the mix of it, um, and things don't seem to be falling apart, I'll just stay in the mix of it. But then when it it went from like their turbo. Yeah. For some reason, it just went turbo again. Yeah. And great things were starting happening in my life, and I was meant to be the happiest because I just got married, and it all went to shit. And I had the same thing. I had, I had. I mean, I mean, my shit seriously went wrong, and and I had the same thing. I was like, this just is not an option for you, mate. Like, yeah. if you drink, if you drink now, and that's why so many people around me are. So many people around me wind. It infuriates me sometimes because there's still people around me. And these are, there's some people around me that know what I went through and the shit I caused, and they still go, "Yeah, you'll have one Monday." Yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of it, it's crazy, but there was there was a friend of mine that told me, and it's so true that the the further into sobriety you swing, if you go back, you swing even further into drinking. Oh, do you think that's what it is? Because I've done 100%, six months, hundred percent, and then when I come back, I was like, Whoa! "Yeah." And and people say to me now, and it's funny because people will try and offer advice on your situation. People tell me, "But yeah, you're you're fine now. You were young. You." Maybe you just had too much money and you just wanted to blow it all. And and the funny thing is, people say to me now, yeah, but to be honest, I don't think you'd I don't think you'd go as big as you used to. Yeah, that's what. And people... I'm like, but what? Why are you saying that? Yeah, you do you like what is it? And you realize it's it's them saying, I think I think you should try it because if you do it, then you're going to be my drinking buddy again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I get I get the same. I get the same. You weren't an, you weren't an alcoholic, mate. Like you weren't a drug addict. You weren't an alcoholic. You weren't a drug addict. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I, but what I do know is once I started, I couldn't stop and it changed me and made everything negative. And also I have a seriously unhealthy relationship with drugs and alcohol because mm. I'm emotionally unstable at the best of times, got my ADHD and I use that shit to cope. So, but, um, when you, when you, I mean, listen, it's hard not to get addicted to how good you feel being that's, sober. That's exactly it. But it's just, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing that led me down that, that path with cocaine that why I'm doing what I'm doing now, because I want to feel better. Mm. Cocaine made me feel better. Doing what I do now makes me feel better. So, what exactly is it you do now? Well, this is this is something that kind of developed over time. I, I was working in hospitality, and as soon as I stopped, I thought, I can't do this. It doesn't feel right. I'm running a bar. Mm. People coming in. Everyone's offering me a packet every twenty seconds. So it was a good for me. It was a really good introduction because I I lived and breathed yeah. in that You're environment. Lucky. You're lucky because I get that anxiety going back into it. You, you. Oh, I'm. I could be like now. I know I could be anywhere. I went to a twelve-hour rave in Bangkok. 
yeah. and everyone's on acid. And yeah. I had two Red Bulls, and I had the best night of my life. You're, you're, you're like fucking, you know, when Batman speaks to, what's his name? And he, got, he was like, are you all right with the dark? And he was like, I'm born in a dog. That's like you in the sesh, isn't it? Bane. It's like, yeah, Bane. <laughs> Bane. Like, do you want to have a sesh? Yeah, you, do you want to have a sesh? You're like, I was born in the sesh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I found that so useful. But again, I, I thought this isn't, this isn't my environment anymore. Mm. It doesn't feel right to be here. So anyway, that's when I, I decided I wanted to get out of London itself and just everything that I'd ever known about the culture that we have. So I booked a one-way flight to India. Fucking, you love an extreme, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like London anymore. I'm going to India. Yeah, go on. But that's, that's kind of what it was. I, I, I am quite an extremist. I, yeah. I, if I find something I like or I want to push myself, I do it. Yeah, brilliant. And I went to India and I just spent a year Doing moving around by myself. I bet that was... Everything and anything. Best year of my life. You know, I, 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 like I told you earlier, I, I stayed in monasteries with monks. I drove motorbikes through active volcanoes. I stayed in the biggest caves in the world. In a tiny, t like it was crazy. Some of the stuff I did. We, when we go me... sober, we all turn into Russell Brand. Don't yeah. We? <laughs> but the the crazy thing was, was I I felt like I was born. Wow. On that day, like for me, I consider myself to be five years old. Oh wow. It's crazy because that person before that was not me. It's not who's sitting here now. I I think I saw on one of your posts something like it's like you start living life, isn't it? it is, yeah. Is that, is that, I, I... I used to spend every night talking about how I was going to live life. I used to say, oh, do you know, one day we're going to do this. One day you're high around the table going, I want to own a bar in Hawaii. And then you realize the people that are doing this are not sat around a table snorting mm. gear all night. No. <laughs> and, uh, so true. Yeah. So I took, I took this year out and at the end of it, I thought I'll come back to London because I kind of uh, well, I ran out of money. I, just, yeah. I wasn't working. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I came back and I said, right, I need to do something that more aligns with what I... With the person I've become. Yeah. And for me, it's health. My health is, is paramount, mental, physical, everything. Mm. And I thought, I'm going to be a PT. Yeah, you're you know? in great shape. Thank yeah. you, mate. Yeah. But the one thing, I, you know, I, I, I love boxing, so I became a bit of a boxing coach. And, yeah. and I loved it. It was amazing waking up, working for myself, waking up at 5 a.m., you know, breathing, stretching, doing all these things, love cold that. shower. You just feel like I'm ready I'm for the I'm smashing life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a high. It's such a high. And to do that and to see, you know, getting people in shape, and I loved it. But every time we were training... I was there trying to talk about so many other parts of health. And, you know, they're just trying to box. And I'm just there going, yeah, well, if you tried this and this, what about your mental? And I realized I'm only doing a small section of what I value massively. Mm. And I, I, I went out to Thailand last year just because I wanted to, you know, work Ross. remotely. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> Lady boys. And there you go. Um, and I remember I set up, I was on my Instagram and, and I was like, yeah, we're going to do a live workout tomorrow morning. Who's keen? Like UK time. Found this American guy with a gym said, can I borrow the back room? I'm going to set it up live. We're going to do a workout. It's going to be amazing. And the guy was like, yeah, that sounds great. Get it all set up. I'm there warming up. Camera's on. Turn it on. I sit there for 20 minutes. Not one person joins. Wow. And yeah. I remember just going, it's okay. This is, this is like, you know. It's or, part it's, of it. It's a Joe Wick story. You know, no one does it for yeah. 15 years. And, then it, and I was like, but I don't enjoy that. I don't, not, not the grinding, but I don't enjoy working out on a camera. Like that. I, I love working out for myself. Yeah. And I went, I don't know. And I, I, went for, I went for breakfast with a couple of friends. I'd met out there and, you know, I'd never spoken to the camera before. And they were doing it loads. And I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting how you do it. And they pushed me. They said, why don't you try it? Just see what it's like. And I was so nervous. And I remember I was in this little, little kind of hut in the mountains. It's weird, isn't it? Of northern Thailand. And I put the camera there and I kind of, I felt my heart going. And I'm like storming around the room. And I'm like, I only ever speak to people. Now I'm speaking to a fucking phone. And I remember <laughs> I was like, uh, it was my four years yeah. of no drinking that wow. day. Oh, wow. And I thought I, on, the, on the year, on the, uh, like the soberversary, as people call it, 
I always like to do something, a post where I talk about it. And it always used to get a lot of traction. And I put this post up. And it was basically me saying, I am going to give myself of service today. If you guys, anyone out there can relate to me and my story and what I went through, I'm here. I'm doing nothing today. My phone is on. Call me. Message me. Anything. I want to help you. Wow. And it blew up. The amount of people I, these were just people I knew. The amount of people I knew that came forward. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even, I would never have guessed that. Wow. And it made me realize how many people hide it. I, I hid it. And the one thing that's really destructive, when you hide it, when eventually it becomes too much, no one believes you mm. because they've only seen the best version of you. Yeah. And like, so it goes from nothing to yes, I'm so true. fucking my life up. Anyway, so I put that out and I went, this is what I've got to do. I, don't, I didn't know, like, making it into a job or anything. Mm. I just went, I've got to share this. So I just, I went on a mission, making videos, mm. talking about some of the darkest stuff. And by doing it, it actually felt like I was healing myself. Yeah, it's like I was, counseling. I was helping the will yeah. that I never helped before. I'll tell you what, it, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, that, this is the, this is, and it's such a great thing to say to people that are struggling. It's such a great thing to say to people that were, were in our positions when we were in our heyday. Yeah. It's a great thing to say to them. The beautiful thing about going through that pain and becoming um, addicted or becoming like uh, reliant and using alcohol and drugs to excess. The be I'm realizing it. The best thing is, is once you start getting into your recovery journey, suddenly you've got stuff to help people. Yeah. Suddenly you've got tools to help people. And like you now, although that was horrific, there were some fun parts to it, but it was horrific. I mean, it's made you your your struggles and your and that and that fucking horrific stuff you put yourself through has given you something to give back. The one thing you find with almost everyone who's been through this, if you ask them, would you change anything? Mm. I mean, for me, absolutely not. No. I wouldn't change one thing because I am the happiest and the best version of myself. And you realize you're happy because yeah. you, you realize how unhappy you was. Yeah. For me, that was just normal. Mm. I thought that was life. I thought getting up in the morning and going to it work. Fucked. Yeah. Just, it was such a, every second was a struggle. The amount of times I would do like a two day bender and then go and work a 15 hour shift. Yeah. Like, oh, and I remember, man. I remember one shift, every human being turned into a giant crow in my head. It was, it was horrific. Why? Because I was hallucinating. Mm. Like I, I hadn't slept in that long. I was on so many drugs. Everyone was walking around big black wings. I was like, I remember being conscious of it. And I was like, my brain's fucked. That's yeah. a, see that never happened to me. You were doing copious amounts of cocaine, weren't you? Yeah. Like, Fucking hell. My nose actually changed shape quite a bit. Did it really? Mm. My mum noticed it first. Wow. Like, Look at your nose. What's, and I was like, yeah. Mm. I stopped before things wow. got away. Anyway, but yeah, the fact that I can go from that. Mm. For me, if someone reaches out and says, yeah, but you probably weren't that bad. Yeah. If, you could, if you can do what you're doing now, mm. you couldn't have been that bad because I'm in a, I'm in a much yeah. worse position. The one thing I have is most likely, I mean, this is why I have no judgment mm. to anyone who drinks. I know what it's like. I've been there and I've probably been worse than you. Mm. And I think this is one thing, and again, this is why you know, I love the fact that you've set up this podcast, is because there's no hidden agenda here. Mm. I just want to share it also to help myself. Every single person I help... Helps you. It helps me. Yeah, it's good karma. It makes you feel good. Yeah. And like you were saying, the, the things just naturally happen around you when you give out such a good energy and, and you stop focusing on what everyone else is doing. Like, mm. I don't care what anyone else is doing now. I just focus on me. Yeah, and I found I found with this, I mean, for, for, from a selfish perspective, I found the reason why I done the podcast and wanted to talk was because I felt such relief. I felt such relief just finally opening up to my wife yeah. and saying I was a twat. Yeah. Just finally putting my hands up and going, all right, you know what? Maybe you're right. Just yeah. finally saying to people around me, guys, lads, 
I'm sorry, but I'm out because I have uh, an addictive personality. I have a problem with drinking drugs and I get myself in some fucking states behind closed doors that you would not even believe. And saying, to, the worst is your family, right? And saying to your family, saying, to, you know, going to family events and saying to your family. I mean, I found that very difficult going to a family party yeah. um, and saying, I don't drink. Uh, I think I'm an alcoholic or, you know, I've been abusing yeah. drugs. Well, I think once you once you go on that sober journey, for me, the challenge is, of things like, what do you say to people? How do I act here? I knew I had to just find a way around them because drinking was never going to be an option again. Yeah. And that's what kind of made that a bit easier. But when I stopped, I reached out to an old friend of mine who said, you need to come to a meeting. And mm. I was desperate. I was like, yeah, anything. Went to the first AA meeting and I just, you know, everyone was talking, but it was all, it was all very heavy. You know, mm. this is what it is. Everyone's sharing their, their stuff. I started speaking and I went off for 10 minutes just in my own world talking about the darkest things I'd ever thought but I put it into like a positive spin, but everyone was just like, you know, I stopped thinking, oh my God, what have I just done? Mm. And everyone was like, thank you, Will. And I was like, what? Is that it? Like, I've just, I've been thinking about this stuff for years mm. and I've just let it out and no one cares because you all know what it's like because you're yeah. all the same as They're me. They're just like, yeah, we get it, mate. Yeah, we were there. So what do you do with your client? Do clients come to you to get sober? Yeah, so a lot of times people reach out to me um, because my aim is I never tell anyone what to do, mm. number one, because you can't. It has to come from you. I'm sure when you did it, there's external factors that have yeah. mentioned things or triggered something. Yeah, but I mean, like you find it offensive people telling you, yeah. you know, you're drinking. Someone tells you how you should. Yeah, look at the state of you, man. How long have you been drinking for? Yeah. What, what's your problem? Do you know? But and, it's only when it clicks in you, then yeah. you go, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I should. Yeah. So people reach out to me. And the first thing I do is I actually have a, a podcast myself where it's just me talking and I talk through everything I do in much greater detail, like really, really open up. And first thing I do, reach out to me. I said, listen, go straight to the podcast. It's free. Go, go listen to it. And uh, usually they come back in a few days and they're like, I'm in. I get it. I've never heard anyone speak about this. What's the podcast called? Uh, the Teetotal Trail, How to Break Free from Alcohol. You should turn it into a book. Have you thought about doing that? I have, yes. I'm kind of going down that avenue at the minute. Great minds, my friend. I'll take 20%. Yeah. <laughs> so what's then, the, po the podcast again? Just clarify, Teetotal. Uh, the Teetotal Trail. So the, the kind of, I, I like the word teetotal more than sobriety in a way, because when it's I- It's not as scary. Yeah, sober is like sober. Teetotal. But teetotal, everyone's like, everyone's like, what does that mean? I'm like, exactly. No one yeah. knows it. Yeah. But then I thought trail because it was that mountain. And it's a journey. It's, yeah, it's that mountain that I got to the top of where I had that epiphany. Where the old so granny was, like, was sat there. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then, you know, the one thing I, you know, for me, I did four meetings with AA, but I realized it wasn't for me. Like I, I, mm. you know, having to read out the word God, so like it's not my style. A lot of people would say the same. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I, I read the other day that only 7% of people that go there stop drinking forever. Mm. I don't know if that's true. I'm just, that's mm. what I read. Yeah. The but, AA, I think whatever works for you, the AA saved millions of people. Yeah. Some people connect with it. Some people don't. That's the beautiful thing. Some people will connect with this podcast. Some people, some people won't. You've got to find what's right for one you. One thing that's yeah. important is we're all going for the same destination. Yeah. We're all trying to better our lives and become happier and healthier not just for ourselves, but our families and people mm. around us, you know. But the one thing I did take from the meetings was I loved being in an environment where... With other people. With other people, where they're yeah. going, oh yeah, that's just normal. I'm going, ah, because it's so isolating. When you're on the couch the next day and you're, you, you look at Instagram and everyone's living these amazing lives, and I'm like, why am I not doing that? Why am I on the couch, like, fucked? Yeah, I'm going to definitely c come up with some form of sober event soon. I'm going to well, come I, up with something. I know that you created the... Uh, your your Facebook group mate as well. Yeah, men and their emotions. Yeah, which is which is amazing. And uh, for me, what I did was I I created a community. Mm. So it's called the Teetotal Trail, and it's basically a space where I go live in there three times a week. Mm. So we we go live on you know 
on Google Meets and, and everyone can come in. You can have your camera on, you can have it off, you can share, you can stay quiet, you can listen. But there's no, there's no, there's no agenda. You, you don't have to be at, like, I'm, I make it as casual as possible. Just if people you're there talking. at home, and I do I, three times a week, if you're at home and you're like, I just want to hear a different narrative. Yeah. Because when I stopped drinking, I didn't know anyone who didn't drink. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, now, now you know loads of people. It's weird. I, now, like, I, I, when someone says they drink, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh my God, people do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got rid of you fuckers. Yeah. No, I'm joking. But um, just because we, 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 we've been tight on time today because of yes. our producer, John. Um, Thanks, John. <laughs> I just... Oh, I, was, <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. He's all right. Let, Does. He's having a bad day today, oh, John. But, um, but it could get better later, John. Everyone looks like a crow. No, no. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucker, isn't he? Um, uh, uh, William, I want to finish, and I've, I, I'm yeah. going to start doing this in the podcast. I want to finish on um, specifically talking to one type of person. So I want us to visualise a person out there now that's um, drinking heavily, occasionally using cocaine. Things are sort of falling apart at the seams with, their relationship they're finding life hard they're finding their work environment hard they know uh or they're battling with the idea that their drink and drugs has turned into a coping mechanism saying they can't cope with life without um and they're weighing up um going sober or they're thinking about it or they've maybe just 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 started what advice would you give to them i think the most important thing which i wish i would have told myself or someone would have told me is there is a way out yeah. The one thing that held me back so long was thinking that this was it, mm. accepting it and being and taking on that identity, whoever you believe yourself to be, that's that's who you're going to work hard to to convince yourself, right? Change your change your beliefs. You're not that person anymore. There is a way out. Find support, find help. And the thing is it's it's such as you know, it's such a journey. Mm. The first week is a journey, then the second week, mm. 5 years in, I still am working and it's 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 incredible, but it is by far the best thing. I've ever done in my life by a long way. Yeah. Like it's 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 really crazy that we you know we sit here and try and convince people of this thing which you and I know is like wow this is this is so obviously the best thing I could ever do and yet we still hold ourselves back when we're in that place. Yeah. We think oh no yeah but you're different. I'm not. Mm. I'm just like you. I'm just like everyone else who's struggling. Mm. And I have struggled even since stopping drinking. Yeah. There's always struggles. But the one thing is alcohol and drugs are never going to fix that. Never. They're going to instantly soothe you, but then bring it back. And now you're dealing with the same so stuff, but now you're hungover and coming down. So it's even harder. So true. And I think I would add to that by saying um, it's, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, you're so good at talking. You really are. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't know how to sort of articulate it and say it, but it, it, it gets hard. It's only hard till it gets good. Yeah. It's only, it's only really, I mean, it's still hard, but it's only really hard until it gets good. Yeah. And it takes a little while to get good, but it like, it's only going to be really hard at the I beginning. I think one thing that I would have liked to hear as well is it's going to be really, really bad just before it gets really good. Yeah. Like when things get really, really bad, you're close. Yeah. It's going to get really good soon. Yeah. The night is, and, the night is darkest before the sun rises. That's what I was trying to say. Day. Fucking the geezer has a use, mate. I love <laughs> that. Uh, you have recorded this, haven't you? Oh shit! Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, all right. I, I I love that. And look, yeah, guys, guys out there listening and girls, um, if you want your happiness back, um, then um, go and check the T Total Trials podcast and give uh, William a follow. What's your Instagram, mate? Uh, so it's the T Total Trainer. T Total. It was kind trainer. of. I started with the personal training and just thought, let me throw T Total in there, and it just kind of stuck. And yeah, the T Total Trainer. Congratulations, mate. Thank you you mate. ooze positivity. 
You Thanks, speak man. well and you look great. Thank you. <laughs> look at that. Thank you. What a great podcast. That one flew by. Um, I'm just going to finish up by saying thank you very much to William and, go, and make sure you go and give him a follow. Obviously, I'm going to be tagging him in, in bits and bobs on my Instagram the week that this comes out. Um, and listen, for those of you that are tuned in, I know there's a lot of people out there that are watching that aren't sober. And uh, thank you for just listening to us because, um, as William will tell you and the other guests, being able to talk openly about this sort of stuff helps us. Um, and I just want to say that uh, today I'm having a really good day and I feel really good. And um, yeah, and I just want to thank thank my guests, thank John and thank Sobriety for that. Um, follow, share and tag people if you think it will help them. And thank you very much. Bye.